You're listening to Vet Candy. Hi, this is Dr. Jessica Turner, and you're listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica. You're one stop for all things wellness, not just nutrition, not just how to move your body, but everything in between. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, you know that mental well-being is a huge part of like of what we tend to talk about on here. It's a huge part of my heart and what I'm just passionate about, especially within our field of veterinary medicine. And so today's guest, again, I always joke that I say I'm excited every single time, but it's true. But there's a different level of excitement today because I have a good friend of mine on today, and there's just something special and completely unfiltered that happens when I have friends on here because we already know so much um, of our stories, but there's just power behind sharing them with you guys. And so I can't wait to welcome Kristen Fitzgerald on today. Like I said, we have been friends for a couple of years now. We met through a mutual love of health and fitness. Um, She was teaching yoga kind of on the side while she was practicing as a PA. And, you know, we would just see each other's posts and what we were into on on social media and just kind of sparked a friendship through that, that mutual love of taking care of ourselves and making it a priority. And she's just been such a wealth of knowledge, not only to myself, but to so many people on truly living as an example of why our, our wellness as a whole matters and how that can affect everyone around us. And so, um, like I mentioned, she's a PA. She's been doing that since 2008. She's currently working on her holistic nutritionist certification. And she recently made a shift at the beginning of the year to work in more within the mental health aspect of things and has been doing so since April when she began working in psychiatry. And that aspect of her work. And so I am, I just, I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so thrilled to have you on, Kristen. Um, Just want to welcome you. And we're just going to dive right in. Um, If you want to just kind of say hi to everyone and and just kind of give us a little bit of backstory. If you want to start with how we met, it's always going to be one of my favorite stories to tell. So hi, everybody. I am really happy to be here. I was honored when Jessica asked me to. Our relationship has always been one filled with emotion. We're both very emotional people. Yeah, it's always been an an emotional uh, relationship. So you won't be seeing our faces here, but there may be some crying going on. (laughs) Just it's an emotional story. But yeah, so we met through Facebook. We were both sharing just how we live a life of, of wellness and what's important to us. My relationship with Jessica following her on Facebook led to us, well, I mean, I'm just trying to remember exactly uh, how it happened, but yeah. So the, the the final you know thing that made me reach out to you was I saw your video of you posting your story of postpartum depression, and I don't have children, but I totally related to the depression aspect of your story and the fact that you 
shared that, uh, you know, and in my mind, it's with the world because it's Facebook and anybody, everybody can see it all over the world. And here she is. Oh, my God. Like all these people know this. This is just wild. And I can only imagine what it must be like to have that freedom. And I thought, I want that, too. I want to be able to take off my mask and and be who I am because I've been living and hiding for most of my adult life, really since I was 19, um, struggling with mental health issues. And so because of our relationship, I don't know, she just gave me the courage and confidence that I could do it too. And um, it was actually World Mental Health Day 2017. So it was like eight months maybe after we met, I decided I'm doing this. You know, this is how God made me. He didn't make a mistake. There's nothing wrong with me. And I've got to get this out, not only for myself, but also for other people. Because if I had seen someone, just like Jessica, I saw her story. So it led me to tell mine. And if there are other people out there who are seeing this that know it's okay to be yourself. I mean, I can only imagine how much sooner I would have come out from hiding and live with the freedom that I live now if, if I had heard someone like Jessica's story earlier. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hello, this is Caitlin Palmer. You probably know me as the desk wench. You know, the sweet TikTok receptionist who has to deal with the evil Karen Stevens. Well, if you like that, you are going to love my new podcast, Desk Wench Confessions. On my show, I have funny guests who tell me about their own Karens. Plus, we have contests, giveaways, and skits. Trust me, you are going to love it. Check it out on a podcast platform of your choice on Vet Candy Radio. I remember that conversation so clearly. We talked back and forth online for a while, but we ended up hopping on the phone. And I want to say it was around February of 2017. And I'm not even sure what prompted my comment about how there's been times in my life where I've been so up and down that I've questioned if I was possibly bipolar. Yes, I remember that. I was driving to work and I was like, oh my God, did she say that? (laughs) And honestly, I've thought that so many times, but I don't even know if I could really recall another conversation where I've outwardly said that to someone. And then this was the first time you and I ever talked. So it was totally a God thing. And then that led you sharing with me that part of your story. And if I remember right, I was, what, maybe one of four people that knew? Other than family, yeah. And I just remember just being floored that you even trusted me enough to share that. I came home and told my husband, I was like, honey, I I hope that I didn't do something wrong, but I just told this girl this (laughs) who I saw on Facebook and I've been following her and I felt like I had to do it, you know? So how did that conversation and that, how did you feel after sharing that with me? So good. So good. I love that you remember, because now that you're saying it, I remember when you shared with more with the world, because I remember it being World Mental Health Day. You know, that progression, that's a decent amount of time that you allowed yourself to kind of open up to this idea of not having to hide anymore. 
just the more and more I saw you share, the more, I guess, comfortable I felt. And there it wasn't some, you know, earth shattering thing that happened to you in a negative way. After you shared, it was quite the opposite. You had so much warmth directed your way, at least from everything that I saw. I didn't see any negative repercussions from it. And I thought, okay, it's safe. Like she's still here. Nothing bad happened to her. Nobody's doing anything mean to her because she shared this. And that's all I wanted is, I guess, is to know that people wouldn't just be mean to me and think something differently of me if I shared who I really was. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons I felt like I just had to have you on was because there's a certain degree. Mental health is already something that isn't talked about. There's still very negative, you know, stigmas attached to it. There's a lot of advancement that's been made, you know, thanks to people like you and I that are willing to to speak up. But I think there's a another level of just concern with people knowing when you're within the medical field. And I know that was a big part of why you felt like you did need to remain silent. Do you mind kind of sharing a little bit more about like reaching back to what you felt like you had to bear in silence and how being in school to be a PA and and coming out of school played a role in your decision to, you know, keep it to yourself? I mean, the only reason, as far as I can think of, the only reason I kept it hidden was because of my career. The way it happened was the way I learned, at least incorrectly, but I, I learned that it was something that I had to hide was whenever I first got out of the hospital um, from my first psychotic episode in 2004, I went back to work. And so I was giving this diagnosis in the inpatient and felt like, oh my gosh, this huge weight has been lifted. There's all these other people out there who are enough like me to where they, they actually have a name for this. And I'm not so keen on labels, but it helps to understand what's going on. At least for me, it was very comforting to know oh my gosh, there's a whole myriad of symptoms that they've put a name on for people like me. And so I learned as much as I could about it. Then I went to the inpatient unit and had therapy for the first time, met other people who were so encouraging. I left there feeling like a rock star, like, oh my gosh, I understand myself better and I can do anything now. I felt so empowered. I went back to work. I was in biomedical research only to find that they removed me from my position working in the clinic with research participants to the library shelving books because they thought I wasn't fit to be around patients. And granted, they never saw any of this. It happened like overnight. What typically happens is a a person is in deep, deep, deep depression, and then it flips into mania. I shouldn't say typically, it, it often happens that way. And that's how it was with me. And whenever I get more depressed, I become more serious with my work. So I was like this awesome employee because I was so being so hard on myself and feeling like I had to dedicate everything to my work. So anyway, I learned that I had something to hide. They wanted to put me away in the library. And then I finally saw the psychiatrist who I say saved my life. And she helped me with the decision to go to PA school instead of go to medical school. Why? Because in medical school, you have more overnights, uh, you know, overnight call, things like that. So there'd be even more stress involved. More stress means more likely that you would have a psychotic episode. If you have a psychotic episode, more chance someone's going to find out. Basically, you get busted and get your license taken away and and appear fit 
appear unfit by medical professionals. So I know, my goodness, I know that she was only trying to protect me and I don't hold anything against her at all. Like I said, if it weren't for her, I wouldn't be here. But I learned that I had to hide. I went so far as to never even put any of my, you know, psychiatric visits, doctor visits on my insurance because God forbid there'd be some paper trail and somebody somewhere would, Texas Medical Board would find out and bam, I would be gone. And I'd worked so hard to have a career in the medical field. And if something happened, my license were removed, you know, that would just the end of it. But finally, like I said, after hearing your story and seeing you go on and do great things, I just felt like whatever happens is meant to be. So what if the medical profession finds out? So what if the Texas Medical Board finds out? I'm smart enough to be able to do something else if that gets taken away from me because I don't want to live a life of hiding anymore. You know, I I think that is such a real fear. And depending on, I think we kind of touched on this on the last episode, actually, depending on how your state operates and what, you know, what that looks like, whether it's veterinary or PA or whatever, there is a real risk behind speaking up about certain things that can result in a poor outcome. And you know, there's a reality behind feeling like you're in a situation where there, it's not a, oh, well, like kind of situation. Like if I lose my job, what in the world am I going to do? I think it takes that example to be made aware of how much you're losing out on, Mm -hmm. on living. Um, And I think that's what happened with you. Yeah. It was a risk I felt like I had to take. I feel like I lived enough in hiding and it wasn't necessarily the same degree as you, but I mean, realistically, it's only been the last six and a half years that I've lived in a way that is out loud. And I'm not embarrassed about, you know, the fact that I've been on medications for my mental health for multiple times throughout my life for different reasons. And I know for me personally that when you're talking about having like a name and being able to just understand things that you had been living through and with with yourself, it truly is such a big part of managing whatever you're facing. I know for me, going to therapy and having someone from the outside be able to help me see, okay, where is my anxiety rooted? Oh, well, that actually makes a lot of sense on why this, this, and this is a trigger for me. And why when this happens, like, I feel like I spiral out of control overnight. You know, like, I wasn't aware of those things until I had someone from the outside helping me kind of open my eyes to those things. And like you mentioned, when you have something to go off of and you're able to use that to your advantage to be able to kind of embrace, you know, as much as I don't want to be someone that is associated with depression and anxiety, I'm okay with that being part of who I am. And it's most likely going to be a part of who I am for forever. But it's different now. Because like you, I know different things to kind of be aware of. I know things that I can do that are more preventative. You get to learn about yourself in a way that um, you don't always feel like you're one step away from a breakdown. I love your example. After you were able to, you know, live out loud, you have shown so beautifully what you've given yourself permission to do 
in regards to how you live your life, knowing that it plays such a huge role in keeping you in a well-balanced place. Um, And so that's what I would like to kind of spend the rest of our conversation on. But first, because I know our listeners, I'm sure they could assume, but I want them to hear it from you. After you came out publicly and, and shared with the world, what happened? Did you end up facing any, you know, like consequences? What what did that look like for you? I was overwhelmed and there that doesn't even touch on what I felt, but that's the only word that I can think of right now is totally overwhelmed with the amount of love and support, all the good things that I received from other people. As soon as I got off of that Facebook Live, I had friends, neighbors texting me, messaging me who never knew. And obviously no one knew but this small, small circle of people. And it was nothing but positive and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, oh my goodness, why didn't I do this sooner? This is is a wonderful feeling. I had no idea it was gonna be like that. I just thought it was gonna be good for me to be able to get it out, have this weight lifted off of me so that I wouldn't be thinking about it 24 seven. My gosh, it consumed me all the time trying to figure out how can I not have any symptoms, have any signs that would point towards this. So yeah, it was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful thing, but I have to tell you that I still, now that I'm actually in psychiatry as a PA, I do kind of have this feeling now to where maybe I shouldn't be talking about it as much. Do you mind me asking why? Yeah, I've thought about why, but just hearing you, just being face-to-face with you and you, you asking that, I mean, really, why? And maybe, right, for that reason, that they would feel that I'm not fit to be doing this. But um, as I was, you know, um, emailed you recently, I've been studying this ever since 1994 when I had my first major depression. I've been trying to figure it out for myself because I couldn't talk to anybody about it or thought that I couldn't. And I had a doctor in 1994. I was put on antidepressants for a while and then I didn't like the way they made me feel. So I got off and I just ran. That's what I did to to cope with my depression. And I just felt like I had to figure all this out for myself. And so I've got a whole lot of learning behind me to share with other people, to share with patients. I think you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And the moment I read that email saying that you made that shift, automatically thought of how lucky are her patients to have someone that knows exactly what they're going through. So that's my two cents. But (laughs) well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dig into some of the things that you personally do to help yourself, you know, stay in that balanced state. And how do you, you know, just pretty much act like I'm I'm a patient of yours and share. (laughs) But we'll be right back. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Shannon Gregoire. If you're like me, it's tough keeping up with everything vet med, but now I'm going to make your life a lot easier. Check out my show on Vet Candy TV, available on iTunes, YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook Watch. Catch up with all things vet med with me. 
All right. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Living Well with Dr. Jessica, and we are visiting with Kristen Fitzgerald. She is just sharing her incredible story of how she essentially lived in hiding pertaining to her her mental health and only has been allowed to talk about it publicly in the last couple of years. And we're about to dig into some of the things that she practices personally to kind of help her stay in that, that state that is just your best. Like, I don't know how to explain it other than like you, we have things that we know allow us to stay in that space where we're just our best version of ourselves, if that makes sense. And so I would love for you to to just share, you know, you have been, I mean, the best example of someone living this out and learning and growing, you know, for what you said since essentially 1994. So you've got some, some years of experience under your belt we're students for life, you know? And so, you know, when I say that she it truly, you probably have like more knowledge on these topics than anyone else <laughs> when, when you put them together. And so I would just love for you to kind of talk a little bit about some of the things that you have discovered over the years or things that you could implement if our listeners are like, okay, I feel like I'm in in their situation where I know I need to be more aware of my mental health and possibly need to, you know, take advantage of seeing someone and getting that outside perspective. But what are some things I could do starting today that may be that, that thing that I'm missing to help me just take better care of myself? You know, if you're someone who's really self-aware, just learning to tune into that inner voice we all know really, really deep down what we need to do. It's just a matter of listening, getting rid of all that chatter we have going on and listening to the small, still voice. If you want to call that God, if you want to call it truth, love, your inner self, all those things, listening to that space and following it. I mean, some of the key pillars when we're talking about mental health is sleep. And when you're talking about bipolar, trying to stay away from a manic episode, that is number one. You gotta get sleep. So that's huge. Trying to stay on a schedule, a routine as much as possible. And none of this, it doesn't always sound fun. It can sound kind of boring, but when you're talking about being psychotic, having to be in a mental hospital or just kind of carrying on with your life, you know, (laughs) boring's not always bad. So, um, you know, try and have as much routine as possible. So that means you can't always go to the late parties. You can't always overbook yourself and do all the things you want to do, regardless if it's work stuff or fun stuff. So that's really important. What we eat is huge. Food is medicine, just like pharmaceuticals are medicine. Food is too. Exercise is for me and for what I had always read was cardiovascular exercise is what helps so much stave off depression. But recently I was listening to a podcast and they talked about strength training, how that is now number one for mental health. But anyway, I need to do both. So, (laughs) so I recommend it. And when it comes to, you know, as far as kind of staving off the the mania, what works best for me, uh, in addition to to the sleep and routine, but as far as movement is yoga. And it's more the gentle restorative type yoga versus the vinyasa, sweaty, hot, 
yoga, Bikram and all this, I like to implement that and would recommend it for people who are feeling like they're on the verge of mania or for people who are really, really anxious, those types of personalities and, and you know, um, people who struggle with that, restorative and gentle are very, very helpful. Being in touch with nature, connecting with nature and letting nature be your guide. I have found that to be so helpful. And that's a part of my spirituality because, I mean, I believe in God and God created nature and being in nature makes me feel more connected to God, makes me feel more connected to myself, makes me able to trust myself and my decisions to take care of myself. And sunshine. Yeah, sunshine is huge. You know, I tell my patients who are struggling with depression, get 15, 20 minutes of sunshine, preferably in the morning without sunscreen, so you can absorb all of the goodness that you can. I mean, that's what drew us together. We have a lot of the same things that we're drawn to, but the last couple of years, I've been way more aware to the the impact of just being outside. And like you said, the sunshine, it is unbelievable the difference it makes. And I think that's why so often, you know, we sometimes we get sucked into this mindset of like self-care or whatever you want to call it. It is, takes a lot of time and money and I don't have time for that. But one of the things that I, I do pretty often, especially if I'm in a down space or I just can't quiet my mind, is driving with the windows down. Like with whether it's with the music on or not, but there is just something about a couple of minutes with, you know, it's like, all your cares kind of just melt away, go out the window. <laughs> and the past year, I feel like I've had some setbacks um, with a lot of progress that I've made, but I'm very grateful for people in my life that remind me of how far I have come. But my anxiety it was pretty heightened at the beginning of the year for different reasons. And my mom so graciously gifted me. She's always giving me, you know, my mom. <laughs> She's always giving me things that she comes across and she gave me these cards that were different practices, essentially of mindfulness um, to battle anxiety. And so many of them are, are so simple. But when I was going through those, I started doing things like just going outside and laying in the grass and looking at the leaves or listening to the rustling of the leaves or, you know, like the clouds or the birds. It seems so like childish, but it's so powerful. And I think so much of that just ties, uh, like getting out from behind walls, whether you're stuck in a clinic or you're home with, you know, the kids or whatever, especially this last, you know, almost two years with everything going on. And I feel like having more of that isolation that we know can be such a, a powerful contributor to all the things that we don't want to go towards. <laughs> I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be something that's going to require a lot of time or money. It could really be as simple as going outside and laying in the grass and looking up at the sky. Five minutes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really touching the grass and going outside, touching the trees. I mean, it's a thing. It's called grounding. It's called forest bathing. The Japanese have been doing it way before we even found out about it. It works. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never, there's all these things that I, I did that I, I never realized were forms of grounding I, until I started going to therapy. And she's like, yeah, that's your way of grounding. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. 
Vet Candy makes learning fun with the most fascinating people on our planet. Our entertaining continuing education programs are made for your streaming world. Fabulous, fun, and free. Available on demand anywhere and anytime. Don't miss out. Subscribe today on iTunes, YouTube, or a platform of your choice. Or visit myvetcandy.com for more information. But you're right. (laughs) You know, but again, when you're made aware of these things, as simple as they can be, become part of like your toolbox. And the more you could do it, you know, when you're in a in a good place, don't wait until you feel yourself becoming like a ticking time bomb to start implementing these things because it's it's just so much easier to to weave them in um, when you're in a good space and they just become kind of second nature. So when you do need them, you're more likely to practice them. It would be great if we could all do that all the time. But I mean, you and I are both very aware that we need to do that, but still it's difficult to do. At least for me, is it is it for you still? I have my moments. <laughs> I think this year has really been a have to focus on me and my family just to get through to the next day type season, which has been good in a lot of regards. But obviously, like when you're in the thick of that kind of season, it's extremely hard. And a lot of times what you need to do is the last thing you want to do because you want to just stay. My thing is I just want to stay in bed (laughs) and just pretend like things are going to be better like that, which I know is not the case. It's just going to compound and, you know, get even harder. And so I feel like I was kind of thrown into a season where I needed to do these types of things for survival. But I think the only reason I was able to do that was because the last couple of years of just becoming more self-aware and and being introduced to a lot of these practices. And it wasn't like I was starting from ground zero. Well, one of the things that has helped me is, and I had mentioned this to you in my email earlier, was working part-time. In our society, that's not always looked upon as a, a wonderful thing. You know, we've been we've been taught in, in America, now in the East, it's not that way, but we've been taught to go, 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 push, 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 living up to your fullest potential, meaning do every anything and everything that you're capable of. But I was talking with my personal psychiatrist um, at our last visit, I guess a month ago, and you know she was saying just because you can, just because you're capable, doesn't mean you that you should. Because I was talking to her, I didn't tell her this before because she, I know she wouldn't agree with it, but I agreed to cover for maternity coverage for two other providers for 12 weeks and. It's not like I really had a choice. It was part of my job. So I said, I'll do it. But I was very, very, very much reminded of this is why I've been doing so well mentally since 2011 when I stopped full-time work. And that was always the goal from my psychiatrist's you know, recommendations to me, the one I had when I was living in Baton Rouge, who I say saved my life. She's like, Kristen, you need to keep your stress level down as much as possible. Stress can be good and bad. I mean, I love helping people. You know that, Jessica. I just, I love it. And I, I get such reward from knowing that I am helping people and that I forget to take care of myself. (laughs) 
I tell the patients, I tell the yoga students, I tell friends what to do to take care of themselves. But if I'm so busy doing that, I forget to do it for myself. It was difficult. I just finished last week. So I were able to talk today on a Tuesday. <laughs> but it's so nice to be able to get back to having just that one more day. It's amazing how one day, either of working or of not, you know, makes um, such a difference in our, our mental health. So whether it's good, you know, good stress or bad stress, um, still we need to rein it in. Like like this season, starting in October and then November, December, it excites me very much. It's um, the fall and I just, I love it, even if it's hot for today. <laughs> but, you know, we know that it's coming and, and the season's changing is very um, exciting to me. But I still have to know, okay, you can't take it too far. You can't have all of these things going on in the fall like you want to. I tend to have more gatherings, go on more trips. And it's just my nature because I love it. But I've got to rein it in so that I don't get, so it doesn't get too stressful. I definitely think it's a a trial and error kind of thing. I've had to learn that too. I could sense when I'm getting to a point where I'm I'm over scheduling, over booking, wherever it is. And like you said, a lot of times it's good stuff. I mean, I pretty much decide what I do and when, but sometimes I want to do more than I, I probably should, like you said. And I'm so glad that you brought up that going to port time was one of your main, you know, things. And I could recognize that for myself and ultimately stepping out of the practice aspect when I did relief last fall, it was kind of like what you just just described. Like after a couple of days, when I'd get home, I'm like, this is why I don't do this anymore. The wear that it was already having, and y'all, I was not working like every day during the week for multiple weeks. Like it was very minimal relief work, but it was still not what I was used to. And it was just a, a very clear reminder that it's not where I'm meant to be to be my best. I still will do it occasionally. I'm actually doing some relief next week. Like you said, embracing the fact that it may not make sense or it may not look like the best route to outsiders for whatever reasons, you know, but if it's something that you know is going to significantly impact your life, your family's life in a positive way by making that call, it may be worth one less day of, you know, income or whatnot, if it's going to keep you in a state where you could actually, you know, live. And as far as like with practicing psychiatry, I'm so passionate about that, helping other people not to feel just like they've totally lost their mind because I know what it feels like. And I'm, I'm reminding them to take on a little less. But yeah, I'm very passionate about what I do, I think is maybe where I was going. But I know I can't do it full time because I'm not my best self. I'm so passionate about helping people in this way, but I can't do it full time. I just can't. While we wrap up, if you could just share one more takeaway with our listeners, whether it's, you know, something they could implement the second they get off or just some kind of advice or just anything that pops in your mind that you'd like to leave them with? Yeah, I would just like to say, give yourself permission 
to do what you know you need to do for yourself. That because that was a big thing for me. It's okay to love yourself as you love others. Yeah, that's powerful. And with the, the veterinary field, you know, you're taking care of other living beings. So take care of yourself like you would those animals, you know, love, love on yourself so hard, just like you do the others. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on. I know it's something that we feel called to do in sharing our stories, but it's still work. You know, like I know it takes something out of you whenever you share those intimate parts of your life. And so I appreciate you coming on and being raw and, and real with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you. If it, just like we said before, if it helps one person, then it's worth it, you know, because your sharing helped this one person. I'm sure it's helped many, many, but it helped this one person talking to you now. So <laughs> I'm just grateful to be part of your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the reason why why, as I say, came out. I mean, you, you really, Jessica, it's, you're why I did. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso, and I'm here to tell you about my new show on Pet Candy TV. You can learn all about how to take the best care of your pets. Stream at My Pet Candy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. If you want to keep up with Kristen or reach out to her, share, you know, how, how this episode has impacted you or just share some love with her, uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they could do that? Yeah, so you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram. Be well is um, how you would get in touch with me, and I would I would love to, yeah, talk with you and and hear your stories. And if there's any advice that I can give you, then I would be more than happy to. So, thank you so much again for being on. I, I feel like it's been long overdue. <laughs> thank you for having me on. It means a lot that you reached out. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to our episode today. Hope that you enjoyed it um, and got something out of it. And until next time, this is Dr. Jessica with Living Well. We'll see you soon. Bye. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.